Welcome to the You Got This podcast, featuring authors Donnie and Sandy. We invite you to settle in, open your hearts and minds, and be inspired to trust and present hope in the Lord. When you allow Him to lead the way, you got this. Hey, welcome everyone. Welcome back to You Got This. Which I'm one, I'm a co-host of uh, You Got This. My name is Donnie, and please meet my lovely wife, Sandy. Hi, everyone. And we got a special uh, special treat for y'all today. Sandy's going to uh, touch on uh, one of her most prized possessions, uh, one of her books that she's written over over the years, that is designed to help women who are dealing with abuse, whether it be physical or, or emotional abuse. She wrote this special book as a token and and hopefully inspire women to grasp up the courage to uh, get help from God and just have the willingness to survive the abuse and um, I'll go let her take over and again the book is called Ride the Wind I'll let her take over hi everyone yes I think this is a must read for anyone who is either going through abuse or knows somebody who is there is help out there and you have to trust in the love of God enough that he's not going to fail you. He says that over and over in his word. That I will never fail you or forsake you. If you're putting your trust in him. He doesn't want any of his children to be hurt. Then he will back you up. He will provide the help if you cry out to him. So I'm going to read different passages of this book. To help maybe inspire you. Ride the Wind is a story about Grace Thompson and how she finally learns to trust God. Through the abuse she suffered in her childhood and a storm-ridden marriage to an alcoholic and abusive husband, Grace comes to the end of herself. She lost all hope in having any kind of life free from abuse. With the help of her younger sister, she finally cries out to God. In looking to God, for one more chance at having a life of happiness, she discovers how to trust God and ride the wind of his love. And I'm going to read Psalm 91, 1 through 7. I really love this passage of scripture because it shows that we can hide in his wings when we need to run and hide. There's many different names for God. One being El Shaddai, that is God Almighty. That means all you got to do is duck and big old God Almighty is going to come to your rescue and kick some enemy butt. Then there is Jehovah Jireh. He's your provider. Then there is Jehovah Nisi. He's our banner, our victor. But then when we need someone to love us, he is our Abba Father, meaning our Daddy God. And we can just crawl up in his arms and just let him love on us when we need that. Don't we all? Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. 
A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. That is Psalm 91, verses 1 through 7. Trust in the Lord and you put that verse to work, and he will not fail you. He says in Psalm 138, too, that above all things he exalts his name and his word. So you can count on it. When you pray the word, when you stand on it, God is going to back you up. Here's, here's another passage of scripture. That uh, Another passage, excuse me, of the book that um, I would like to read for you. Let me get to the page. I'm not going to read all of it. I'm just going to read a little bit of it. Um, things did not get better. And he went from job to job after that. And this is talking about Grace's father when she was a little girl. The drinking got worse and Mark and Jennifer seemed distant. And to make matters worse, Grace was about to be brought into it. Her dad would come home in his drunken state and sit on Grace's bed at night to kiss her goodnight and he had started touching her in areas that felt uncomfortable. She tried to make him stop, but he wouldn't, and he treated her as if she was a woman instead of a child, and his own at that. She did not understand what was going on, and she was scared. She was five now, and still too young to understand the problems between her parents. She knew that her dad was different now, it was as if this man in her daddy's body was not her dad at all. When he left her mom, when he left her room each night, she cried and cried. She wondered why he would do those awful things to her and what she had done to deserve this happening to her. At only five years old, she knew it was wrong and felt as if she had done something. She felt ashamed. Skipping over down a little bit. Then one night after Grace's seventh birthday, Jennifer heard Mark come in, come home late at night drunk as usual, and Jennifer was her mom. She was usually asleep, but this night she had a very bad headache and could not sleep. She tossed and turned, and she heard the front door shut. She heard Grace's door open. She figured he was saying good night. She waited for him to come out, but he didn't. She quietly got up and went to Grace's door and opened it as quietly as she could, and she was shocked. Mark was passed out. Grace was sobbing. Tears were running down her little face. She was trying her hardest to cry quietly as her dad passed out across her with his hand where it should not be. Jennifer screamed at Mark, Get out! Get out of here now! Move it and don't come back or I will call the cops. Mom came to her rescue when she found out. You know, sometimes your abusers just have a way of hiding things that people don't see. Here's another passage. She's married now and an abusive relationship with her husband and she got a job in this 
this girl named Lily befriended her and it turns she turns out to be a real true blessing to her the friendship between Lily and Grace grew and at work as much as possible they were there together on every break Lily got bold one day on their lunch break and asked Grace you know I love you like a sister and would never do anything to hurt you right I would never tell anything that you tell me in secret to anyone Grace looked at Lily with a look of confusion she did not know what she was getting at and replied I guess so why do you ask well since we've met I've noticed the way you look when anyone pays you a compliment you kind of bury your face as if you didn't believe it don't you know how beautiful you are who hurt you who did this to you who made you feel so worthless I don't mean to pry but that's the impression I get by your demeanor and I do not like it you have a precious and sweet spirit and you are beautiful don't you know that Lily said with a smile on her face she hugged Grace in a way that screamed sincere love Grace did not know what to do with that but she welcomed Lily's friendly embrace and began to cry and sob I'm sorry Lily I don't mean to cry but no one has told me that in many years not since I was a little girl but I can't talk about it now Lily looked back at her and said, Whenever you're ready, I'm here. See, God will provide somebody. He will provide friends. He will provide you in a church that truly has the love and heart of God that you can count on them. You can count on the people that God wants to show His love through to come through you to be your help to be his extended hand of hope and love. Moving on to another passage. Bobby came home from work one Friday, and this is her husband, with a smug look on his face. He was so sure of his hold over Grace and arrogantly told her, I'm going away for a week, and I expect you to be here when I get back. Make sure my clothes are washed for work. Grace did not know what came over her, but before she knew what she was saying, and she yelled at him I know where you're going and who you're going with and no you're not going and no you will not go away with Pamela and no I will not wash your clothes and no you will not see her anymore a look of complete shock filled Bobby's face he could not believe what he was hearing she had never dared to talk to him like that and he flew into another rage he slapped her and slapped her and poured his beer the beer he was drinking on the floor and shoved her face into it and told her to clean it up he told her that the job she was working was putting ideas in her head and she was ordered to quit who is the boss of this household I am and who owns you me I will do whatever I want and when I want and with whoever I want and don't forget it now what do you have to say Grace was so bruised and her arm hurt so badly from the way he had grabbed her that she could hardly move or speak. In a meek voice, Grace looked up at him and said, You are the boss and I belong to you. That is so not true. 
that part right there makes me cry for any of you women out there. I have been through abuse. And I know what that feels like. We are all children of God. Men, women, children. We are all children of God. And no one has the right to use you or abuse you. To treat you like their property. If you would just dare to reach up and just say, Jesus, help. He already knows what's in your heart and he already knows what you're going through. And why hasn't he helped before? Because of the free will he gave us when he created us. That he wants people to come to him willingly and he will gladly come and he will gladly intervene. He just wants us to do the asking. Here's another passage. When he, he returned home, Bobby finally saw the restraining orders taped to his door and he exploded. He was so angry he could not control himself and drove by the hobby store every day the next week. By this time, every shift was made aware of him and was ready to call the police. So, moving down to a few paragraphs further down, see, that's where she worked. And he was coming to hunt for her. So, he comes into the store. Where have you been hiding? What is the meaning of this restraining order? Do you really think you can keep me away from you? You are mine, and you need to get back home now. Grace tried to stay away from his grasp, moving from aisle to aisle. And Sherry recorded the whole thing. Again, while the manager called the police and then calmly tried to make him leave. Bobby spun around to confront Brent. And who do you think you are to tell me to leave and to leave my wife alone? I will beat you senseless. Brent once again in a calm voice said, Bobby, we don't want any trouble. Grace does not want to go with you, so please just go home before things get worse. Bobby was shouting as loud as he could and not caring. I will do what I please. And just who are you to tell me what my wife wants? I make the decisions for her. Grace, come now. Grace fearfully looked at him and in a timid voice said, Bobby, it's over. I will not be beaten by you anymore and I am filing for divorce. The rage he felt right then was more than he could handle. And somehow he made it to where Grace was and grabbed her. She fell to the floor and he began dragging her by the hair. He stopped along the way and he took his fist and swung it right across her face. And he yelled at her, You are mine and I will do what I please. You are not filing for divorce. And even if I have to keep you chained up. Do any of y'all know what that's like? Have you been through that kind of pain and that kind of hurt that you feel like you're in prison? That you feel like there's no hope and you'd rather die than going on another day just like that well people that's a pretty incredible story isn't it uh i'll let you ponder those thoughts as um i play some music from mercy me the hurt and the healer i think this song really hits home with this topic for discussion today 
Hey, welcome back to You Got This with your host, uh, myself, Donnie, and my lovely wife, Sandy. And she just got through reading a couple of excerpts from her her release of Ride the Wind. And um, I figured I'd ask her some questions about the, about the particular book to maybe it would help you guys later on in life if you're struggling with this type of abuse. Um, what would you uh, say to women and what made you write this book? I mean, did you actually physically experience abuse or was it emotional or was it a little bit of both? Well, this type, um, this book deals with both um, molestation and physical um, and emotional abuse. I didn't go through all of that, but I did go through physical and emotional and I felt the way she felt, afraid all the time, worthless and invisible. You feel like your life doesn't matter, and you just don't want you don't want to live it anymore. God needs to sidetrack you to keep you focused on wanting to live. Hmm. Awesome. I mean, not that the, what you went through was awesome, but it's awesome that you actually. Uh, grabbed up the courage to write this book because I know you had to experience backlashes when you're actually writing this book because I know you put your whole entire self in that book when you were creating it because it felt really real when uh, you were reading some of the excerpts from that book. Yes, and it was the emotional pain that I know that she felt and the fear. I felt that. And I actually got a Christian psychologist to help me in writing this book um, for the healing process because what this character went through was extreme and it's a Christian book so I didn't go into graphic details but just worded it enough that you know what she went through but I added my own healing in with what she said um, prayer therapy I had people who would pray with me I had people would pray with me and ask me to go back to the first time you felt that pain and be able to surrender it to God that's the part that people don't want to do they don't want to surrender that pain they feel like they can't and that pain is what's keeping you all bound up. It's surrendering and letting God help you and let God carry you. That's the part that helps you. I tried to take my life and God had to change my focus. He doesn't want that. I was at the back of my property. If you ever hear my testimony or learn, uh, listen to one of the first part, part podcasts we came out with with my story, then you would have heard that part of it. God sent my boys, my teenage boys, to take me back to the living, to wanting to live, because I didn't want to leave them behind. He had to change my focus from the dark to the light. And I wanted to write this book to help people see that there is answer, there is hope. And there is help out there. There's many organizations that will help you. Um, and in the back of this book, I do have um, hotline numbers um, for any women that need help. Um, 
and you can always, always call 911. But you can find a church to help you, and there's many churches out there that will help you. The one I went to took me under their wings, and they provided me a way of escape. That's God. He says he will provide you a way of escape if you just look up, if you just surrender. And I wrote this poem because in my struggles of going through life, the enemy wants you to hold on to your pain, but that just keeps you bound. That just keeps you bound and stuck in pain. And from living the life he wants to give you, John 10.10 10 says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. He wants you to be free from that. Will you give him your pain? Will you cry out to him? Will you call on somebody? And maybe he's placed people in your life already. Ask him to open your eyes. Maybe those ones who've gently come and asked to talk. Maybe just open up, just like the character in this book, Lily. And her sister um, in this book, Jolisa, was also a big help. There's so much in this book that can help you. And it's taken from the help that I received in writing it for how the counseling needs to happen, along with my own prayer therapy that I interwove into it that helped, that came from real life experience. And this one poem that I wrote is when I finally learned to trust God, God, it's called, I Died Today. You carry me, lifeless in your hands, I am dead to the world and to my flesh that you may live free in me. I have fought and wrestled against the struggles in my heart, wanting all the pain to be free from me. The answers to my pain you already knew, there was only one thing I needed to do. Yet I struggled on, trying in my own way, and praying in desperation. The fight continued on, my heart truly broken. I cry out, please God, show me your way. You knew the way and were patient with my stubborn heart, fighting for its own way and failing to see it yours. Weary from the pain and the trials that wore me out, I fall lifeless into your hands. The path has broken my heart. I finally died today, my will inside me gone. It's buried with my pain, and in your arms I lay. My heart cries out, I'm tired, Lord, there's no more fight. My heart struggles no more. To my amazement, the peace I sought finally came. When to my will I died, and I called to you and gave myself, my heart will never be the same. That was the way all along, for God is great and his way is best. We must die to self and seek his grace in us. Let his glory be revealed, that we may see his face. He'll wait patiently to hear us say, Lord, not my will, but thine be done. His peace will come, and you will never be the same. When in your heart his presence known, you will shine his glory now in Jesus' name. It's all about surrender. And Grace has one more thing to do. With the help of her sister, with the help of her friend Lily, with the help of the counselor that she sought, and had sessions with. She was taken down a path step by step. God provide people in her, in, in her pathway. Has he provided people in your pathway that maybe your eyes just weren't open to? 
He led her to a healing and he led to her life and the life she never thought she would have. But there was one more thing she needed to do and this kept going through her spirit. There's one more thing she needed to do to complete her healing. Will she be able to do it? Will she be able to face what God is asking her to do? Can she do it? You'll have to get the book to find that out. Well, that's a pretty powerful message, don't you think, folks? You can get this book and many of our other personal author books on our website at yournewlifeministries.org and just follow the link at the bookstore. Or you can order it on Amazon or other uh, Barnes & Noble websites that are out there um, and to listen and always remember folks when you let God lead the way you know you got this uh, thank you for listening and uh, stay tuned for next time when we talk about uh, our marriage and how God keeps us together and how we are able to keep this podcast going talk to you soon bye bye